Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Adam Miller, again here with uh, my co-host, John Borsma. We are joined again with Frank Ackerberg, and we had talked on an earlier podcast about um, a deer that I had killed down in Ohio. It's the biggest deer I've killed. Uh, it's probably one of the two biggest deer I've ever seen, both both being from Ohio. And uh, we're going to get into that, uh, talk about how that all came into play, and maybe what made us successful on that trip. Uh, but I think a lot of it starts um, from the year prior. So the first year that we went down there, we stayed, um, and we're hunting southeastern Ohio. Yeah. So um, it's about a six-hour drive from where we are here in uh, Michigan. So we, we drove down there the first year, and um, Frank, uh, John's brother, uh, Frank's best friend and uh, My brother's John's, best friend. John's brother's best friend. They had went down there in April and did a little bit of scouting. And uh, they had these properties picked out. Uh, there was a guy that they had worked with who um, had told them, you know, there's these are the areas that you want to hunt, and, and this is kind of what you want to look at. And uh, they went through. Also, Ohio has like a big buck registry. So you can go on... Uh, you you can Google it and you can find out the counties where there's the most registered and we're talking registered deer that are over 140. So we've taken well at least four, probably five deer now that are over 140, and we're not registering them. So these are just the ones that are registered. And uh, one of the guys that uh, kind of put us on this spot where I killed this deer. Um, and uh, another one of the deer came off actually this year um, that was probably over 140. Um, he's got deer 
that dwarf any of the deer that we've killed and they're not registered. They're just in a shed out behind his house. And, um, so you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at it, but you can also, you know, gather a lot of good information by, uh, by doing that. Um, so on, on the first trip down there, um, Frank and I actually left a little bit later than everybody else. I had to work. And so John and his brother, his brother's best friend, and uh, was Ernie down there? Did he yeah, ride with you Ernie guys? Was there. Yeah, uh, PJ and Ernie rode together, and Dan and I rode together. Yeah, and so they were down there uh, a day earlier um, than we got down there, and they had hunted. And John, you had seen some good yeah. deer that day? Yeah, I'd seen, you know, well, to begin with, I that was like the first year I'd kind of, I was getting back into hunting. You know, it was my brother and I, my brother and I didn't go down on the scouting trip. I couldn't make it. But so those guys went down, they did the pre-scout or the, you know, pre-hunt and my brother invited me along. And so, you know, we went down and I, I really hadn't had, a, you know, I really didn't have a whole lot of expa- expectations, but I just heard, you know, there's big box. And so, yeah, the first night. Well, yeah, let me, let me um, just, let me just say this real quick is that they went down there in april and they're telling me um oh we saw uh, 140s on this property and we seen like some that went like over 160 we seen this and i i hunt michigan and i hunt michigan you know either public land or our little uh, i mean it's a really good piece of public land but or private land i mean but we there's no management and it's been hunting out of a can so you you don't see big deer so everything is 6.8 point 10 point so i had no idea of what a 140 or 150 right, caliber was. Tier. and i i went down there with like a trepidation of like how am i gonna know and one of the good things i will say about um john's brother dan is that he said to me he was like it doesn't matter as long as you're happy with what you kill but he said you're gonna see the biggest bucks you've ever seen in your life and uh, that 100 percent did hold true right. but yeah so just as far as expectations on going down there that was that right. was kind of where we were at with the whole right thing. so yeah so the first night well we got there and like i said i didn't do any of the scouting so you know i'm i'm just basically along for the ride you know they did all the work and so i was just like i'll just sit wherever you guys you know are cool with you know i'm not gonna say put me in the best spot so we got down in there and you know, my brother, we're, we ended up, we rode our bikes in, and uh, my brother's like, well, we got to this opening in this edge of this field and stuff, and there was, like, some nice buck rubs. There was some good signs. So he's like, well, how about you just, you know, like, looks good to me, at least to the op- observation stand, at least, you know, right. see what where things are coming out. Sure enough, that first night had a nice, you know, nice buck come out, biggest biggest buck i'd ever seen in the woods you know compared to what michigan has right you know and <clears throat> so i i could have shot him i passed on him and and uh i think my brother seen i think they seen quite a few uh two or three different bucks that night so then the next day that's when you guys you guys got down there did you hunt the morning no Can't, we, no, uh, we didn't hunt the morning. We got we in late. We got in kind of late, and then no, we, that's uh, right. 
uh, so we guys, hunted the evening, the first evening. That, yeah, that we, was our first evening. It, we drove uh, to the property and we passed that factory or whatever, and we oh. seen a few of those deer that were bedded up right along the fence right. line. Uh. And uh, there was a little like three point, or uh, and he was bedded up right behind this doe, and they were laid up right along this like ten foot high fence in this grass. But the only reason that that's even relevant is one of the nights when we came back, there was the biggest deer I have ever seen running around in this parking lot right across the street from this factory. And it was. Yeah. Well, we ended up seeing him like, like every night then after that. How big though? I mean, (laughs) he was probably at least as big as your buck. Oh, Uh, he was bigger. He had more mass for sure. Yeah. So he was, he was a dandy buck. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah. So anyway, so I passed up the buck on the first night, and then I ended up uh, killing that buck, which people are watching the video. It's this one up here, it's my hat rack now. But you know, nice buck. It's a nine nine mainframe with a sticker on the back, so a ten point. And then I uh, ended up the next morning. I didn't. We didn't find him that night. No, we didn't even look for him. No, we we just tracked it. You know, a hundred yards and. And then we just, we'll just come back in the morning. So I sat for until daylight. I ended up sitting for, I think, till eight o'clock or something. And then I got down and found him. Well, then PJ, he shot a nice 10 point, probably, that was about a 140 ish. No, it went like, a, I think it went like 130. I think it was yeah, 129. Okay. Yeah. So a really nice palmated, beautiful, real, beautiful buck. I mean, yeah. Nice it, buck. If, if you were hunting in Michigan or like even at that time, that was the biggest buck that I'd ever seen. I guess, I mean, I, uh, John's brother killed a, a 140 on public land in Michigan, which is, and it was an eight point. So it was a mainframe 140 typical 28 point. Yeah. It was the rack on its ridiculous, very small deer for, for whatever reason, it was 129 pounds. <laughs> but I, I drug that deer out with Dan, and uh, it it wasn't as impressive of a buck as the one that PJ killed. I mean, dark horns, palmated, super just, heavy, just a lot real, of mass. real beautiful deer. So yeah, so then, so he killed that uh, that buck the third night. Then it would have been, and so, and he had thought he had hit a branch or something. He seen it. He when he shot it, it. He's like, I seen the arrow. It looked like it hit him in the back leg, and and it knocked him right down. And then he jumped up and ran all you know crazy underneath the stand, and then went out. And so we're like, well, we found the arrow and stuff. We're like, well, we'll just find this one. You know, we'll go look at that one in the morning. Or did we end up? No, we went and no, looked for it. No. Yeah, because I went and I went and drug that deer out. It that was, was the next it was day, the though. Next day afternoon. It was yeah. like after the morning hunt, we all yeah. met back up and went in. Right, and that's it. when I ended up. We drug it out to the trail, and then you guys went back. And, that's when my back was messed up. Right, and so I went back with the bicycle, got the cart, went all the way back in, and I started dragging it out because we ended up getting uh, one of the the workers right there coming in doing the excavating. He's like, "Well, sure, we throw it in the truck, and so you don't have to pull it out." What was it? Two miles? Oh yeah. Oh, it was all that. Yeah, it might have even been closer to three. So anyway, so that freed up PJ and I. You know, we we got our buck tags filled, so we're like, all right, well, 
you guys are going to hunt. We kind of screwed that area up anyway with, you know, he was only a few hundred yards or, you know, 500 yards from where I killed mine and then dragging the deer out and doing all that. So, well, we ended up, we were staying in a state park. It was actually like 45 minutes north of where we were hunting. Well, this, I mean, so to put things into perspective, I mean, for, for myself, much of the hunting that I had done outside of the hunting with these guys is like I say, on our property is you wake up and you walk out there and you hunt. I mean, it's, you know, it's a half a mile walk. You know, we've, we've got a large piece of property, but so in this case, we're getting up at three in the morning. Right. We're driving basically an hour to unload our bikes, trailers, all that. And it's 250 yards up this 45 degree incline <laughs> before you get to ride your bike for a mile, mile and a half, two miles. And then you offload all of your stuff, walk into wherever you're hunting, then get dressed, then climb a tree, then sit there for eight or 10 hours, right. get back to the truck, you know, another hour after dark, drive an hour back and then it's time to eat dinner at eight or nine o'clock so that you can go immediately to sleep to wake up again at three in the morning. Like when they said that it's going to be hard hunting because of the terrain or because of this, you know, I'm in shape enough to be able to do all of that. But mentally, I mean, that <laughs> is a taxing. whole nother ordeal. I mean, I've never hunted that hard. And I don't know if even we had put that into the equation when we went down there because the two hours of drive time and the two hours of like setup time right. is something that you, I mean well, you, a, you take into consideration. Well, it was where you know where we stayed too. You know, I mean, it was uh, we didn't realize that there was places that were closer. You know, I mean, at the time because it was our first. It was our first, first trip year. Down. You know, yeah. So and that, was, to go back to the beginning, we're hunting southeast Ohio, and uh, all of its. We're hunting all public land. Right. Uh, my brother has uh, permission for one. Uh, so yeah. So this is all public land, and it's foot traffic only that we're that right. we're hunting. Absolutely. So that's why we're talking about you know the the bicycles and what's the little kid carriers that we utilized for hauling our stuff out. So yeah. So we end up the cabins that we were staying at. Like I said, it's a big state park. There's like sixty cabins, and it was pretty much. They were packed full, and it was all hunters. And they had a lot, a nice lodge there. And so PJ and I, we go back. We're like, hey, let's just go check out the lodge, maybe have a couple beers. And we ended up, you know, we're sitting there, and PJ's, you know, he likes to talk to people. He's a good people person. I'm not, you know, I'm a little quiet. So he ends up striking up a conversation with the guy next to us, and it just happens. He's like, you know you hunt he's like no nah, i don't hunt and he's like i ride dirt bikes or i used to ride dirt bikes and stuff so he's you know we asked him well you know you know any other spots around you know that have deer and he's like yeah he named this spot he's like you should really check this spot out he's like i always seen big bucks when i was riding these trails he's like you should go check it out it's all public land so all right we got to you know pulled it up on our maps and we didn't have onyx or anything at that time i was just using my google map and so we just 
took off for the day. We're like, we're going to go scout new property. And we circled this huge section. And we ended up finding this little spot on the, it was kind of a hidden gem, really. <laughs> we went back in and I'm like, I'm not even sure, you know, if this is public or private, but I know there's a railroad grade. And so we ended up, as soon as we walk up in there, it it was just like, oh, for deer taking off and running. And I'm like, wow, this is the spot, man. It just looked and stunk of deer. So we ended up, we sat up, or we ended up running into some guys. We're just coming out of there. And there were actually some retired uh, military guys. They were back there repelling off the cliffs. And, we, you know, we're like, hey, is this public? You know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys can park there. It's all, it's all, you know, it's all good. So we ended up picking out a couple spots. And we sat that night. And I seen, I think, a small buck and some does. And PJ seen... Like two or three different bucks, I think it he was. Say, he said he saw a really nice nine point. Yeah. Real, real big nine point. He said he had him at seven yards behind him. But in Ohio, is only one buck tag. So, right. That's so, it. So, yeah, we were just basic, you know, a scouting mission for, for the other guys and for future reference. So, we ended up, we went back, told them, you know, everybody what we've seen and everything. And then I, you guys were actually supposed to hunt. Come Frank, down. Frank was, Frank supposed, was to supposed to come down and Frank hunt. had too many drinks. That's right. He was supposed to sit in my tree that morning. Yeah. And you did come with. I did. Well, so I didn't, I came with, like PJ came back and got me and we walked in for right. the evening hunt. Cause I told you, I was like, if he doesn't get up, I'll go. Well, so that, so and the, then I ended this up. is what happened. So then, yeah. So that morning PJ and I went back in there and I sat and PJ ended up he ended up doing a little more scouting back in there farther and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear, you know, this deer coming down. There's like a crick and it's real thick and I hear it coming and here's a doe and she's, you know, she's got her tail going and I'm like, she's getting chased. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I know I, I can't shoot. So I got my, got my iPhone out and I'm like, all right, I seen where she went and I got my video you know, I set it the video and I checked it out and then I'm sitting there waiting and waiting and it must've been about two minutes. Well, in the meantime, my phone went to sleep and then all of a sudden, sure enough, I hear a crash and grunting and here comes this dandy buck real wide. Didn't have a real big body, but monster buck. He comes right down, right on her trail, just dogging, you know, looking head down, you know, smelling and Right in front of me, he come off, he lost her scent, he circled around and stopped. And he was less than 20 yards right there in front of me. And, I'm, and when I, I clicked my phone on, when I seen him coming, and I'm like, perfect, I got him on video, these guys are going to be able to see it. And uh, so he sat there for a few seconds and then picked up her scent again, took off, grunting, looking, you know. I went to look at the video and I had a still picture of freaking nothing. <laughs> bushes so and that was november 7th yes so november 7th and so that's when our cell phone service is terrible there so awful we got big hill country i mean it's 
It's mountains. It's foothills of the mountains for yeah, sure. Right. I mean, it's there in Michigan. They're mountains. Yeah. But I don't know what. The, you know, these guys. Were, these guys were out there. You know, those guys were. You know, repelling rock, off rock big, climbing. big rock faces. So anyway, so that's when I'm like, I got down, and he was still in there chasing. You know, so I got down, ended up getting a message out. I'm like, you guys need to get here. You know, it was our basically our last. Yeah, we had, it was the last, last day because we were there from Halloween. Yeah, that's what we came down Halloween night. Yeah, yeah, and that was our last day. Right. Yeah. So it was the last day. I'm like, you guys need to get get in here now and sit it out the rest of the day. And so then you guys ended up getting there, and I seen him again. Right, I had got I was up on the railroad tracks, and I was just sitting there waiting, and I had seen him right before you guys popped up. Well, and that's yeah. So November eighth is my wife's birthday. And we did a morning hunt that next day, and I saw five bucks sitting in that same tree that PJ had sat in. And I saw five different bucks, and I had a, a really great opportunity at a nice 10-point. He was he was about 60 yards away rubbing a tree. I mean, these deer had been crossing this ditch, crossing this ditch, crossing this ditch. And then all of a sudden, the deer was just one cross the ditch, and he didn't keep on going. And he was over there, and I was like, man, that's a good buck. And I mean— down there that trip was all big deer i mean the biggest deer i've ever seen in my life i had seen them all i mean i'd seen the five biggest deer you know that that time and and but i had that deer and i was playing games with them you know i was snort wheezing them i was can calling them i was grunting i was doing everything and i had them at at about 45 yards around this bush and if he'd have taken, you know, two or three more steps, he'd have been in the clear coming right towards me and actually right towards me where I killed the deer that I did kill. And then right at that time, that hot doe that they were all chasing came right through and ran through the creek right right next to me, and he just took off right after her. Right. And it was, but it was the most ridiculous thing that I'd ever seen as far as hunting goes. Right, and, something like you'd see in the, on TV and, you know, you know. Well, and I remember, like, I don't know how many years ago it was when the Drewries had that dream season. Mm-hmm. And you watch that on TV and it was these guys all doing their own filming. And I was thinking, this is, these guys were in Ohio. They were hunting public land, supposedly. And I'm going, there is no way that this is happening on public <laughs> land. And then you get down there and it's like, wow, this is what it's like in, in other states. Or, you know, this is why people come down here and hunt. Right. Well, exactly. But there is, you know, the other thing too is, like I said, in that, in that state park, like I said, there was 60 cabins, and they were all bow hunters. Or, I mean, probably oh. 90%. I can't say they were all were, but everybody that we ran into were hunters. And that, that guy from Louisiana, we ran into a guy. He, he ended up killing this deer with a crossbow, mm-hmm. and uh, John walked away from it. He's like, ah, whatever. But How big was that deer? That deer was 160, 170. Yeah. That it was, was a huge deer. It was a really, it was really one, nice It was park. one of the best deer I've seen in Ever, it you was know. A, it was a really cool rack. It had double, you know, crab splits, claws, on crab the, uh, claws. You know. It was it was a beautiful, now beautiful buck. Going back to the story of his deer. Oh, we're getting there. It's a. But did, when did I read the article? I read the article after. Oh yeah, it yeah. was it was during the summertime yeah. or like yeah. yes, whenever. So that so the so we ended up. You guys didn't kill anything that seat. That was no. That was it. PJ and I were the only ones that killed deer. Right. That trip, you know, that week, ten days that you know we were down there, 
PJ and I were the only ones that killed the deer. So then we got that new spot set up. And so then during the summer, you had read an article about how, you know, deer tend to pattern like within a few days, you know, each year. Like, so if you've seen a deer. If you've seen a buck. If you've seen a buck. In a particular spot. Within seven days of that time, if he was still alive, the following year, you were going to see him again. Right. And so, so on we, we kind of planned all, our trip. You guys all thought, though, it was kind of bullshit, though. <laughs> right? Well, there is a little hocus pocus, it seems like. But. but we did plan our trip one year later because as the season we, went on, everything got better. So we wanted to be there a little bit later. A little bit later. A week later. So that year. You we uh you guys got down there before us because they left had, in the morning. We left after I got out of work. Right, because right, we had a cabin. Well, actually, Dan and PJ hunted, didn't they? Well, we had to stay in a motel the first right. night. Yeah, so yeah. we had a motel the first night. So Adam and I left after he got out of work. I mean, we drove straight down. You know, was it six, seven hours? Yeah. We didn't. We got there like two in the morning. We got to the hotel room. We drank one beer. Drank one beer. Went to bed. And set our alarms, got up at 4 o'clock so we didn't have our license yet. So we went into Walmart, got our license, and that's a you know, ordeal, especially with the night you know, shifts. So got out of there. But the whole time we're on the way down driving, we are talking about this article at Frank. I'm like, you know what? And it was like. We got to hunt the morning. We gotta, like we, we got to like, hunt the morning. This that's is, the day. This is a year to the day that that buck come through there chasing that doe. And so. We get up, tired as hell, you know, get out there, and we get set up, and we're like, all right, we're talking before we left the truck. We're like, well, at least try to sit till, what, 11, 12 o'clock, you know. I know it's, we're, gonna, we're tired, so we got to get this hunting. And so I'm sitting there, and I wasn't even, was it 10 o'clock? I don't know. I think it was it was probably nine thirty or ten o'clock, and I'm sitting on this. I'm just off this railroad grade, and the, the actual railroad grade is about the same level as me in my tree. <laughs> and I hear, I thought I heard a noise behind me. I look behind me, and the hell was that? Then all of a sudden, I hear it again on the other side. And I look back, and here's Adam standing there, and I'm like, "What the heck? You know, it's awful early." It's like shot a big one he's holding his head hands up you know as wide as his shoulders i'm like bullwinkle and uh, ah, shot a big one so i get down and i'll let you can take over this part yeah so so all that happens and we get in there and i mean john's not really far from the truck i mean he's probably i don't know what 400 yards if that yeah. maybe yeah well that's you know i needed to have a place that's easy to you know get into and get out you know that was one of the things too with that first spot i got a terrible back and and so i, I could barely do that oh my back was messed up too remember right. that's why i sat there so that was why this spot appealed to me because i could get in and out easy access and it was you know but so i we I drop him off and I just keep going and I'm I don't know how much further 
you know, quarter mile or so. Oh, that's a long ways down. <laughs> down the way. It's, it's, it's quite a ways. And so I go, I find the spot, I get up my tree, and I'd set a, a scent can out. And I set the can out, and it was like 12 yards away, something like that. And so I climb up the tree, get all my stuff set up, and uh, I hang my bow up, put my hands in my pockets, and I look over, and like this is, so I'm facing basically dead to the east because the year before the sun was coming up, and when those deer were jumping over the creek, they were all in the sun, and I just could see tines and tines and tines. So I'm, I'm facing basically dead to the east. Um, so to the north of me is the railroad grade, and that's probably maybe 70 yards up there. There's a creek at like 20 yards. And um, back to the south is this really big outcropping. I don't know. It's it's a big hill right there. Well, I'm, I'm basically hunting this really big draw with a creek that goes right down in between it. So I'm sitting there, and I look over, and on like the bench area of this uh, – of this uh, hill over there, uh, you know, to the south, I see a deer over there, and it's it's a doe. I range her. She's 26 yards, but we're at, like, eye level, you know. So I'm 20 foot up in the tree, and we're we're at the same, same distance. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I see this other deer, and this, and, and mind you, I've been in the tree for at 10 minutes at this point, maybe. And uh, I look, and I see the kind of, like, um, in the podcast uh, previous that we had Frank on, he talked about seeing the trees moving. Well, I, I seen these bushes moving, and then I seen tines. It's oh, cool buck. That deer picked his head up, and it was as wide as my shoulders. It was huge, you know. And I was like, okay. I grabbed my bow, and I was like, he's gonna follow her. It's gonna be twenty six yards straight across. There's no elevation. It's gonna be a done deal. Well. What happened was that deer probably caught the thermals of that scent can going up that hill. And uh, he's, he came right down to the scent can. And I never looked at his antlers one more time. Um, my dad tells a story of uh, he, he brought a guy up hunting at our property. And he'd seen a really good buck and uh, shot him right through the antlers because that's all he was looking at. So I made it a point not to look at this deer's antlers once you decided you were going to shoot once it. i decided that he was within you know the specs of what i was going to shoot which the year before i had changed like what my expectations but this deer far exceeded just about anything that i'd seen in ohio so this deer was definitely a shooter and it wasn't there was a it was a no doubter so he comes down and he gets about 20 yards away and he steps behind a tree and i draw back and earlier in the season, um, I was hunting here in Michigan, and I had a pretty decent nine point. I actually had three bucks come in in the rain, um, and I was set up right on this corner, right another creek. And these three bucks, two of them circled right behind me, and um, the the biggest one, uh, he 
was going to follow them. So I just, I just, with my mouth, I just snort wheezed him and he turned and came right on the string, but he came into my wind up the runway that I was on thinking they were going to come the other way. And I was at full draw and I could have shot him right in the chest and the brisket. And I didn't. Um, and he turned and he was kind of circling around one more time. And I just picked a spot and I watched my arrow explode. I was shooting uh, Schwackers and Luminox and one of the little tits on the Schwackers that caused them to deploy caught a little twig and spun the arrow 90 degrees and it exploded. I watched the lighted knock and all the stuff spiral right over top of his back. So here I am, you know, I don't know, probably two weeks later, you know, drawing back on this buck of a lifetime and he's looking right, you know, he's, he's facing me. He comes down, he gets right to that scent can and he kind of like looks up in the tree and he kind of tenses up, you know, like they do right before they bolt. And in the back of my head for however many years, you know, I've heard Frank say, sometimes you just got to get a couple under your belt, but that's either preceded or following is you got to get an arrow in them. So because of what had happened earlier in the year and, and you know, that this opportunity that presented me and I was using different arrows. I was using rage extremes and um, this is a very good lesson for me in kinetic energy because in between that deer um, that I had missed and blew up my arrow, I switched to the rage extremes after watching PJ, he hit a branch or something on that, that big deer that he had shot in Ohio and it just made an incredible hole. Well, he was shooting the Bowtech RPM 360, mm-hmm. so super fast. I mean, speed bow, he's shooting 70 pounds. And, I mean, he just, you know, made an interesting shot, we'll call it, <laughs> on this deer. And, uh, and, and you know, the, the deer went 100 yards right. and died. So I was like, well, I maybe I need to be shooting these. Well, I'm shooting 60 pounds. And, you know, with Walmart arrows or whatever, you know, no, no real idea of like mass kinetic energy, doing no calculations, anything like that. And I shot a doe at 15 yards or something like that. And I, it passed through, but the, the arrow never came out the other side, you know, and I watched the deer die, you know, even closer than where I shot it. It just circled around and like fell almost at the base of the tree. And, uh, so I thought, oh, cool. Well, you know, back to this deer, I shot this deer at 14 yards, you know, I was aiming at the brisket. I probably peaked just a little bit and I shot it just to the, it would be the deer's left side, my right, um, high in the neck going down and I got no pass through, you know, uh, this, it was a bad angle, but you know, I felt like it was the only opportunity that I was going to have on this deer. Now, granted, I'd been in the tree for 15 minutes, so maybe I would have got another opportunity. But, you know, again, Frank in my ear saying, bow hunters are opportunists, right? So I got, I've got all this this tutelage. Um, but the deer runs out 60 or 70 yards, and he turns, and there's, I don't know, probably 10, 11 inches of arrow sticking out 
right next to his antlers. And I'm thinking, I shot him in the face. Like, I'm like, I shot him in the face. And so up until that point, there was no like adrenaline or anything like that because everything happened so quick. I just got in the tree and it was like second nature. You know, I think a lot of times you have so much time to watch it all transpire. I mean, within, you know, 90 seconds to seeing this deer, I was at full draw. So I was no longer focused on the antlers or anything like that. I was, you know, lining up my pin, trying to figure out if this was going to be the opportunity or not. And so the deer runs off and I waited until, I don't know, probably eight 30 and I got down. I couldn't. And then there was blood everywhere. I mean, I, I didn't track the deer at all. I walked to the last place that I saw him, which was right on the edge of that Creek. And I just walked over there and I mean, it was, there was blood everywhere. So I was like, okay, this is dead deer, a lot of arrow in him, a lot of blood. And, uh, so then I waited at the base of my tree or paste or whatever I did, um, <laughs> until I went back and got John. And so I went back and I got John. And, uh, so we brought all our stuff to the truck and we started tracking them. Then we started tracking them and we started tracking them and we started tracking them. And we continued to track them uphill checking. At one point it looked like he was checking scrapes cause he was on. The he followed the scrape line for, yeah. you know, a hundred yards. And then we kind of lost blood. And then we found a spot where, Going back the other way, we found a little bit of spray of blood on a tree, and that's basically where we lost everything. Did you did you ever find your arrow? Oh yeah, you got yeah. your arrow. Oh, yeah. didn't you? The arrow you had the arrow. Was it was I... broken off or was mm-hmm. it? Yeah, it was broken yeah. off. It was broken. Okay, I couldn't remember the uh, you know what. Yeah, because what we did is we, in there, you we know? left you guys it right get, where we oh, found that's right. it. Yeah. And then that was so far away from the last place that we even right. looked for blood. Right. Yeah, and he was going uphill. Yeah. Just and I, you know, I say get an arrow in him. You know, and probably what what really happened there was one lung. You know, yeah. I'm thinking. Well, yeah, for sure. that's exactly. I mean, you know, we, one lung in in. Uh, don't get me wrong. You know, that's a good shot. You know, but but deer, they can go a long. Well, they can go a long way. Long, not not. Not only that, but didn't we find the arrow? Wasn't the arrow the we found the broke off tip? Yeah, we found the broadhead in him and it everything. Was in him. So yeah. he had. So it was a high angle shot, right? With no exit wound. So now your blood, you know, it's not. You got one side and it's high, yeah. so it could be piling up in him. Oh yeah, it pulls up inside, and you know we're getting some spray from one lung. But like I said they can go a long way. They're oh, yeah. tough tough animals oh and down there you know this is what i i look at too those deer down there i think are tougher than than deer up here actually almost you know they're they're because i think it's because of their size though you know they're big most of you know his his deer wasn't all that big no actually that 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 will end up i mean we'll come to that but i am almost 100 percent sure that that was the same deer yeah that I'd seen year before, because I remember making a comment about, you know, when we got back that, that now we're going back to the year before, when I seen that buck come down and you guys come in and hunted, and then we got back and we talked about, I'm like, it was a, just a monster rack, but I don't know if it was the rack was so big that it made the body look small, or it was just a small well, body deer. Yeah. 
and, and I think those deer, too, down there, you know, the way they run in those hills, you know, They're, it takes a toll on them, on them deer, but, you know, on them. But that was, that was kind of, you know, that was just an odd, you know, thing with that deer. It was a huge rack, and it was just a smaller yeah. bite. Because, like, the one Dan ended up killing oh, yeah. two days later was, what, 200 pounds? Yeah. When we put them on the scale? Yeah. You know, field dressed? Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so we ended up tracking that deer until it was it's about one o'clock i think it was yeah it was almost two o'clock because i'm like dude i, I know you guys were ragged you guys yeah, were wore out. i couldn't well, we didn't have any sleep right no I mean, sleep and we're tracking this deer you know uphill and i was you know shot i couldn't my back i'm like if we don't i told you i'm like if we don't stop we're, you're gonna have to carry me out because <laughs> so we ended up we we're like all right we're just gonna we'll cut it off right here Obviously, he's not, you know, he's hurt, but he's not to the point where he's sick. You know, we're not bump. We didn't bump him, and he's not going to water. Like, I would, we found, how many deer have we found in the water? I'm like, if they're sick, they're getting, they get heated up, right. and they're going to water. Right. And, and he was going the opposite way yeah. of the water. Yeah. I mean, he, this was he, definitely not a deer that was headed towards the yeah. water. He went I by shot the him creek. at the water. Right. He went by the creek and left and went up these hills along a scrape line and he jumped a big tree when he could have just walked around it. So like, let's just back out. We'll go back. We'll get, get some sleep, get some food. And then we'll come back in the morning. We'll hunt the morning or, you know, I'll sit and then you sit until daylight. And then if, you know, if you want to start looking, then, uh, you know, go ahead. And then if not, come get me. Well, mind you, we're still staying in, the hotel, hotel at this point. So we get back to the hotel and just crash out. Well, these guys come back and they're done with their hunts and they're talking about all this stuff. And I wake up and I'm telling them like, this is, you know, this deer's huge, you know, it's super wide, super wide, short tines, short yeah, tines, short, short tines, tines. He tells me. but yeah. big, big, huge deer. And they're just like, Oh, you know, it's fine. You'll, you're going to find them or, you know, there's other deer, like whatever. And like, I, I don't wish it upon anybody, but I feel like everybody's been there where like you have to let the deer lay overnight or you've hit one and it's just, it's the most gut wrenching feeling. But then when it's like a deer of a lifetime or like, you know, a deer that you don't feel like you'll ever get an opportunity at again, it's, and then I felt like nobody believed me. It was like this, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, whatever. whatever, (laughs) Now you know you're not going to find it or. (laughs) Yeah, it was just like. It was terrible. So, yeah, so so that leads us into where that next morning we get in our stands, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting on the opposite side. I'm on the north or north side of the this creek bottom, you know, what, four or five hundred, a quarter mile down from you, and it's super thick right out in front of me, and then it's actually an old two track that my my trees on and that's where the deer were actually coming they're moving in from the from the west and then i'm sitting there and it gets daylight and the wind's like coming right out of the south i can feel it on my face and all of a sudden out in front of me i hear i'm like i hear some deer you know coming through out on the edge of that creek and all of a sudden one snorts you know like what the hell the wind's in my face and then all of a sudden i hear this it actually kind of gave me, I don't want to admit admit to it, but it kind of gave me the chills. Like, what the hell? It was like a growl. Like, and shit just 
busted out and something's running and the deer's taking off and i'm like what and i couldn't see any of this it's only like 40 yards out in front of me but that thick shit along the the, uh the creek bottom i couldn't see down in there i'm like man what the hell is that you know so an hour goes by and then all of a sudden i hear some more deer coming and they're coming down the hill they're coming off the bench to my southeast and they're i can see you know i can see them coming through there and it's once you get up over on that bench or on that that south hill you know i could still i could see up through there so they got down and in behind that shit and all of a sudden blow on again i'm like what the hell's going on the wind's still in my face so fine another hour goes by and i didn't see these deer all of a sudden are out in front of me blowing again like this is screwy i'm what the hell's going on you know was that buck down there is he what made that grunt or something i'm thinking maybe adam's buck's down there and he's wounded or he's just uh, no idea so I go back, I'm going to switch gear, so I end up walking back to the truck, and then my, my plan was to switch sides because the wind was going to switch up, and I was going to go over to the bench, and so I got, I come back down, and I went about 75 yards past my tree, and I was going to cross the creek down there where it was a little bit, there wasn't thick down there, I get down there, well, it was too deep, all I had was just my regular rubber boots, so I end up coming back down towards my tree, and I kind of bust through the brush and I pop out on the edge of the creek and I'm like fuck there's a deer laying in there I it's ass is hanging out of the water I'm like well that's what it was there's the coyotes were sitting there I could see it pulled the hair off the tail and the ass and but it man didn't look like a very big body and I could just see a little bit of you know tine sticking out of the water its head was completely submerged you know so I had to walk down around the corner, and then I, there's a little spot across the creek, and I get up to the deer and walk out in there, and I grab that chunk of horn that was sticking out, and I was like, whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm like, well, that's Adam's deer. That thing is about 20 inches wide. Holy shit. And so I pull it out of the water, and sure enough, there was a zero hole right where you said, right, like right at the base of the neck, the shoulder, where it went in. I'm like, son of a bitch, that thing was about, so I turn around, I could see my tree then, so I backed up and I I shot the top of my tree with my rangefinder 40 yards. Well, that deer had come down, so it was probably, what, close to a mile, eight-tenths oh, of a mile? easy, easy. Yeah. From where we had stopped oh, yeah. looking. Yeah. And that deer must have, he ended up circling back and he come down that trail and sure enough he was heading for water yeah and he ended up dying right there right in front of me and then the coyote was on that deer (laughs) when i got my tree yeah and then those other deer started coming in and he he spooked them and you know chased them or did whatever he was doing and so by luck i ended up you know checking just walking through that spot and checking it out and so I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to have to go get Adam now. So, <laughs> so I I throw my shit up on the, I'm like, well, we're, we're done hunting. So throw my shit up on the bank, and I walk down to Adam, and he's over on the other side of the hill, and he sees me. I whistle at him, and like, I wave him, all right, get down. So he starts getting down, and he gets to the bottom of his tree, and I'm like, 
grab all your shit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, just grab all your shit. So he gets over. He's like, what's up? You shoot a deer? I'm like, yeah. Shot a deer. He's like, oh, how big is it? Well, it's, it's a big one. And uh, he's like, well, tell me that what what happened. I'm like, I, I'll just tell you the story when I get down. Because I don't want to make up some all this bullshit. It was bad enough. I'm lying that I shot a deer. You know, so then right. we get down there and we're walking up to the creek. And I'm like, well, it's the good news and bad news. I said, the good news is that's your deer. I found. <laughs> so the bad news is the coyotes ate his asshole out. <laughs> And he's just laid in the water all night. I said, but and he was like, what? Really? That's my deer? I'm like, yeah, check that girl out. Well, and at that point, <laughs> it was still underwater. So John put it back in the yeah. water. So <laughs> I did the same thing. So I was like, that's my deer, really? And so I drug it out, and it was like, oh, my gosh. And the amount of emotion, because, like, even on that, that, that walk from my stand to, like, John's stand, it was like, he's not telling me something. And I'm like, did he shoot my deer? Like, are we going to go still look for my deer? Like, what is, what's going on? Like, Why have I, I got I, all like, my gear? I like this, like, my stuff. crazy, like, roller coaster of emotion. And then it was just, you know, it, it just like a crazy well, then it was uh, just like a turn of events. Flood I mean. of just relief yeah. where it was right. like, and for both of us, because, it, I mean, even though I didn't shoot the deer, just the, I know how you were feeling. And you know the loss of a of a you know a buck like that. Oh yeah. So we ended up we gutted him out, and we got him up out of the creek bed there, and we got him up on the trailhead. Well, then to get up to the top of the railroad grade, it was just I couldn't you know do it. So I'm like, well, we didn't have the, the deer hollers back at the cabin. So they like said I left Adam with what. Three Bud Lights. Or three, they're bush lights. Or bu- bush they're lights. bush lights. Three, bu- three bush lights. Bush lights. Yeah. And uh, headed back, and I got back to the cabin. And they, there's no phone service there. So no. we couldn't get a hold of anyone to just have them come meet us. Yeah, because, right. we, I mean, we we are 45 minutes from where they were hunting yeah. that's, also. That's what the deal was. The deal was we were moving that day. Yeah, because we were going to get to the cabin. Yeah. And so that was why you guys weren't hunting the the evening. Yeah, you hunted the morning and then went back, got your stuff. Yeah, and then you guys kind of right. were yeah. dicking off. <laughs> yeah, that was we were in the we were in the elevator and all of our hunting stuff, <laughs> like getting ready to go out. And there's these guys like, you guys hunting? <laughs> nope, nope. Yeah, they're just uh, here for work. <laughs> so. So yeah, so I go back and get Frank and uh, Ernesto, and when I get there, I'm like, "Well, found his deer," and I told them the story, and they were like, "You shit me!" They're like, "Well, how big is?" It? I'm like, "He's pretty big." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm not gonna give anything away," and so we <laughs> we get there, and I walk him over the hill, and then there, that's when the uh, celebration started. Oh, I don't even remember what was going on, why I wasn't. Maybe I was maybe I was talking to my wife or whatever. Whenever Dan saw the deer, like maybe we were in different trucks or something. Well, cause yeah, well, cause they they were hunting. They went back to the cabin, and then we had the truck backed in, and that's when we told them we found it. Right. You know, and we we're like, yeah, he's out in the back of the truck, and he opened up the. Well, shit! When you open up the tailgate, is or if you opened up the topper, you could see his freaking right. tines were sticking right. up. I well, still have that picture somewhere well, on my and, computer. And and John's brother is like the, he's the reason that we went down there. He's like a 
just an amazing hunter and he kills every year consistently very very good deer yeah, he's just, got a he doesn't have a wall of shame he's got no his is the wall of fame fame <laughs> but the wall of fame but for dan dan i thought he was going to do a backflip off the tailgate <laughs> And he's going, the land of the giants, Ohio. This is why we're down here. It's a giant. And he runs in and gets a tape measure. And he's like doing all the calculations on his, uh, on his phone and everything. And, you know, it was, you know, again, in the field by amateurs, you know, just over 150. But it is an amazing deer, amazing story. And, you know, something that I'll never forget obviously yes i hope but (laughs) but i mean just incredible you know for guys to just you know i feel like we hunt really really hard in michigan and i've never seen a deer even close to that and that deer by by all accounts is a small deer i mean compared to the one that that dan killed as far as body wise oh yeah like that was a, a three and a half year old deer you know, I mean, it was obviously two and a half years old. I, it, and if it was a year and a half when you saw it, uh, he, it would have been no, no, an I, amazing I think, deer. I think that deer was probably... He was probably... He's probably three years old. Easy. Yeah, I think he was probably four. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, but, I mean, but the body of, size was like just, I said, no, just way different. I'm almost positive the that rack, just everything about it, I mean, it was like the same frame, right. just everything. And like, and it was a smaller body deer with that big, you know, huge rack. And so, back to the the whole beginning of that story, what it comes down to is that story that or that article that Frank read, right, got us to think. And that was what was pushing me on. You know, we're talking about on the way down there. I'm like, dude, I don't care. You know, we're tired. We got at least hunt the morning, <laughs> just for the hell of it. We got to get out there. It was like everything. The conditions were right. It was you know, cold, crisp morning, right. And like we got out there, and they like said within 15 minutes you already had an arrow on. So, yeah. yep. So that's the the story of my uh, Ohio giant, uh, at least by our standards. And uh, we got a lot of big things coming up here with the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We got some really nice guests that are um, slated to to be on here very shortly. And uh, make sure you're following along with us on Facebook, the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, as well as uh, our website, bowhunterchronicles.com. And the picture of that deer is on. Yeah, the picture the picture of that deer you can find. I'll put it. Um, it's in our uh, gallery, right? It's on the gallery on the website, but I'll I'll write up a little uh, blurb and I'll put uh, uh, I'll put some better pictures of it right. up there. Uh, it's a picture that's in my bio, um, but yeah, I'll definitely get that up there a little bit better and you can find uh more pictures and things like that anything that we talk about you can find frank's deer and and john's deer and some of those other ones um on instagram uh right now look for rx outdoors and uh follow us uh follow along with us on there um that's pretty much all we got for today so um you know stay tuned and more things to come all right see you see you later (laughs) 